the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, so you, you were a Secret Service agent. I mean, you've been up close. You've seen, you know how it all works. I do. All right. In the last, what, four or five years, the Secret Service is a pale imitation of itself. What in the heck has happened to the, de- the department? Yeah, so I spent 12 years, as you know, as in the Secret Service Uniform Division. And one of the problems with the Secret Service is, is it kind of hides behind the word secret. And, you know, it, it, it behooves the Secret Service their egos and their mission to a certain extent to to portray this image that Secret Service employees, officers, and agents are some kind of cross between a James Bond character and a character out of a Clint Eastwood movie. That's not where reality is. Reality is that they're cops. They're agents and officers hired to do a job. The rank and file are good people, but the management system of the U.S. Secret Service today has completely failed the taxpayer, the country, the president, and its employees. It's driving its employees out of the job and into the ground, literally, in some cases. They work these guys. Today, when we came in, everybody that's listening to this, uh, that's at CPAC, walked through screening yep. of this U.S. Secret Service Uniform Division. If you have a chance on the way out, pull one of those guys aside and you see if you can get them loosened up and ask them how much overtime they've worked in the last 40 days. They're working these guys 12 hours a day, seven days a week, because they can't keep them on the job, because they treat them like crap. And the same thing is happening with the agent side. Um, some of the uniform division guys that I talked to, their base pays between seventy-five dollars and $100,000 a year. And as you know, in the Washington, D.C. area, that's not a lot of money, but it is to everybody else in the flyover country. It's a lot of money to, to just about anybody. But they are making upwards of $230,000 a year. One of them made more than the director of Homeland Security. How is that possible? Because their management system is terrible. They are working these guys into the ground. And everything that they're trying to do to fix it, they screw it up. About four years ago, the, the director at the time had admit, excuse me, three years ago, had admit to Congress that they had 300 applicants for the Uniform Division of the Secret Service ready to go, screen, holograph, drug testing. And because they have so many layers of poorly performing management, that they accidentally threw out these 300 applicants. They wasted all that time and money, and it takes the average of a year to two years to get somebody screened to that point and cleared. And, and nobody was ever held accountable. All right, so to be a Secret Service uh, worker, mm-hmm. you know, do they have, are they like FBI agents? And I use that term loosely. Yeah. I, may, I, I may have just, uh, <laughs> you know, called you a bad name or no, something. That's okay. But, the, you know, most FBI agents, for instance, have a law degree yeah. to be able to get in and do that. Right. What about the Secret Service? You so, said they're like cops. I mean, is that all you have to have? Is that kind of no. a background? So the agent division of the Secret Service, the people that manage it, the agents you see that do the close-in security around the president, they're required to have a, a degree. Now, it's not a legal requirement. It's just something they started doing. I personally don't agree with that. I think they're passing up quite a few good applicants that come from the military that don't have completed degrees. Yeah. But that's that's a, a subject of another day. Um, the uniform division guys aren't required to have degree, college degrees, but over the years they've they've encouraged them to hire more and more. And that actually brings in it brings in a kind of a problem because then you're getting these these guys that come in and, and they're educated and, and they're smart, but where it hurts the secret services, they won't put up with what I used to put up with. 
I had nowhere else to go when I was in the Secret Service. Right. These guys are smart. If they don't like what's going on, they go and find other jobs. You know, they, they take their college degree and they go elsewhere. And, and the, the bottom line is, is the, a lot of the parallels, a lot of the things you see going on in the modern Secret Service management today, which is a disaster, is the same thing, thing we see in the FBI today. The, the failures recently with this shooting in Florida. Um, they're so big. If you're looking for a sign of how big a government agency can get before it fails, you're looking at it. Look at today's Secret Service and today's FBI management system, and they are failing the taxpayer and failing the American people. Well, they're failing the taxpayer. They're and they're failing kids. Yes, they are. They mm-hmm. are. They absolutely are. We we saw in this this uh, this recent shooting in Florida. I mean, when the social services and the local police go to what this kid's house thirty nine times, and the FBI was notified. You know, and I want to know whose desk uh, or whose computer that information is sitting in and was never acted on. You know, I, I want to know if somebody's going to be held accountable. I'm not saying you should fire that individual. What you should find out is. Why was why was it why was it not adjudicated? Why was it not completed? Why didn't they go and talk to this person? All the signs were there. We spend millions of dollars a year telling people see something, say something. It's all over the radio, and and when they, the American people and and this kid's friends and family brought them a good case, and they sat on it, and seventeen people are dead. You know, and of course the mainstream media wants to make this look like a gun problem. It's not. It's a law enforcement problem with the FBI and and, and local laws. Our kids need the same the same legal um, avenues that the president of the United States have. And what I mean by that is, in the Secret Service, if somebody makes a threat against the protectee, they can they can have them incarcerated for 72 hours for mental evaluation. Now this does exist, um, and the FBI had the ability to do it, but they they let it fail. So we need to, to shore up those laws. And somebody in this chain of command of the FBI needs to be held accountable. Well, what do you do when a, when two FBI agents in Mississippi? Are, are contacted, and the guy says to him, look at this YouTube video. Right. This guy says he wants to be a professional school shooter. They never even acted on that. Why right. would you not act on that? that, that That's there's it. There's so many questions about this. That's a this. question that needs to be answered in front of Congress, and it needs to be answered publicly. And these days, and this is one of the things I ran into when, when doing my research on Secrets of the Secret Service was, you know, there's, a, there's an unhealthy backdoor relationship between these agencies and Congress. You know, they go and they, they testify publicly, but before they do that, they go into these closed-door sessions, and they hide behind this word secret, and they set up a deal. And Because we discovered this, and it's easy to see. You know, we're going to hammer you on this to make it look good, and then you're going to say this, and then life goes on, and we'll approve your budget. And, and, and it's failing us. These agencies are so big, they can't get out of their way. And, and again, um, you know, my book, Secrets of the Secret Service, is, is more about the problems with the Secret Service. But the FBI and the Secret Service are intertwined from the very beginning, going back, you know, over 100 years. You know, the first, the first director, but when the FBI became, went from the Bureau, uh, the Investigation Bureau, to the Federal Bureau of Investigations, uh, the first director of it was a guy that was a former Secret Service agent. And his first hire was a protege named uh, J. Edgar Hoover. So that tells you how intertwined they are. So when we look at this, this, this horrendous shooting in Florida, again, it's a mental health issue. And, and the ideal that you can, if you restrict a certain type of semi-automatic weapon or you restrict 
magazine capacity. So let me, you know, this scenario, when you hear the left say, oh, we're not going to confiscate all, all your guns. No. That's exactly what they want to do. That's exactly right. And, yeah. and would, it, would it be acceptable if somebody took a car, drove it through the front of a school, knocked the door down, then got out with their grandfather's old double barrel shotgun and shot people two at a time? Is that acceptable? No, it's not. So let's stop wasting our time on confiscating guns. Let's use the laws we have and let's start using common sense approaches that, that we know work that are based on facts and, 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 and research. There's three pl- plans I like to talk about. One's a DHS plan. It's called Run, Hide, and Fight. See, yep, makes and, sense. Right. Run, Hide, and Fight. It's not a bad idea. It came from the government. If you do not have a gun, right. run from the gun. Right. Exactly. <laughs> that hide, just makes sense, Hide, man. and if you end up getting cornered and you have to, then you fight. You That's fight, right. You fight <clears throat> like you have to to win. Yes. See something, say something. That's a great plan. The problem is is that the other end of that plan is law enforcement. And if it's not on its game, like we saw down in Florida, it's going to fail. And then we also have the Secret Services Safe School Initiative. And that started during, right after the Columbine uh, shooting in, in Colorado. President Clinton was distraught over it. The director of the Secret Service went to him one t- day and said, listen, this is not splitting the atom here. The same things that we see that we know from from uh, profiling assassins, it's very similar. So let me give me some money, let me do this. And they did. And they came up with the Secret Service Safe School Initiative. It's online, and it is a place to start. Okay. And then you have the NRA's School Shield. And the NRA... You but know, they've been vilified. And they have been wrongly vilified. Yes, NRA they have been. It's all about the Second Amendment, keeping the Constitution intact, and protecting our rights. They're good people. And I've been a member for many, many years. I'm now a lifetime member, and I'm very proud of that. But the, the NRA's School Shield works. It's a place to start. And, um, and then I've also written a, a paper recently that revolves around some simple things. And it's, it's, the, it's basically the way the Secret Service does protection. It's, it's layered protection. It's holistic. It's school security based on case studies. These are simple things. You get the, the principal of the school, the school board, involved with the local police. You do a security survey. And, and, these, and these, these teachers and principals and executives have to realize they don't really know anything about security. Let the law enforcement get involved. And if the first thing, your first thought as a principal or a teacher is, I don't want guns in my school, then you're just setting your students up to be slaughtered. I'm sorry. Because the only thing that stops a bad person with a gun is a good person with a gun and a little bit better aim. Now, you want to know the first question went through my mind when I heard about this kid in school with an AR-15? What's that? How in the hell did he get into the school with an AR-15? Yeah. I mean, think about that for a minute. It's not like you can stick that in your pocket. No. And, And here's the other thing, too. The last conversation that that school had with that young man, they said, you're welcome to come back, but you cannot bring a backpack. What does that tell you? Yeah. They were terrified of this guy. Yeah. They were terrified of him. And, and, and again, they, law enforcement and the system broke down. And, of course, they want to blame legal gun owners. Taking guns away from me and my family is not going to save anybody's lives. It puts our lives at risk because I can carry a gun. And I carry I use them at home. I carry them when I'm with my family, not all the time, but sometimes. And you take that away from me, then who's going to protect us? Because the government can't. Well, a police officer can't. No. Police officer's supposed to be there to solve a crime, right. not to prevent a crime. Right. That's exactly right. And, and so these are simple things we can do, um, and that, this is the way to make it work and to protect our kids. Uh, it's certainly a conversation I'm having where I live in Springfield, Pennsylvania, um, uh, right outside of uh, the Philadelphia area. So. All right. So let me ask two last questions. Sure. Let's go back and... Let's uh, let's talk about some of the things that have been said since the, the shooting. 
one, I understand it's cathartic, all right, to yes. have these kids talk and yes. stuff. However, a 14 or 15-year-old kid, I do not believe, is going to give you information to base policy on. No. They're, they're going to give you emotion. Yeah. And listen, the, the, the truth is that these kids are still in shock. They literally are because they haven't had a chance to decompress. Mm-hmm. And then they're, they're being, they're, whether they're being coached or not, it doesn't matter. They're, being, they're, they're, they're talking about something they, they don't understand. I understand that they understand that their school was attacked. And their friends were dead. Right. And, and they were, right. And, and their lives were in danger. But their lives are in danger all the time. Mm-hmm. How many kids that year are going to be killed in car accidents with alcohol? That's exactly the questions I bring up. How, do these kids not think about that? Right. How many, how many children do we lose every year to, to Planned Parenthood? Nobody ever thinks about these things. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to change the subject. But you, 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 cannot, you cannot ignore the other ways that people die. Yeah. You know, at least uh, the statistics show us at least a few kids in each school each year are so depressed that they try to take their own lives. That's not acceptable either. Well, it's all intertwined. Right. No, it absolutely is. And, and this, this individual at, at this school in Florida, he, he literally said he was going to do it, and we ignored him. The locals ignored them, the teachers ignored them, and we need to give psychologists more tools to, so they can keep their, 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 their licenses of, to practice and still come forward and out these crazy people. All right, so Senator Rubio and other people have been saying now that anyone under 21 should not be able to own an AR-15. I think that's ludicrous, but the bottom line is, is it looks like it might be gaining some traction. Well, my, my issue is with that is as soon as you ban somebody, and I realize it's not a complete ban, ban, but this is how it starts. You have to be 18. Okay, now we allow you, you can't buy a gun, uh, an AR, because it's semi-automatic until you're 21. Okay, if we're doing it for that, let's do it for shotguns. Yeah. And now we've done it for shotguns. Let's do it. Well, it's already with handguns. And does that include a pump shotgun? Does that, that's right. Does that include a pump shotgun? Or does that include my grandfather's old double barrel? Yeah. You know, although it's, it, it, it's a standard double, you know, if you, it's the slippery slope. Yep. You hear the NRA talk about it all the time. And, and the left is completely deaf to it. But it is exactly the slippery slope. And, and listen, I have one, two, three semi-automatic rifles, two are AR platforms, one's an AK-47 platform. You're my kind of guy, Gary. My, my, kids, have been use, my, my kids have been using those. My, my, my son first shot a semi-automatic platform when he was six years old with his father standing right behind him and his mother videoing it. Yep. If you, it's the same. Listen, the dangers that we're talking about is the same. I was more worried about teaching my kid how to use the lawnmower with the steel spinning blade uh-huh. running with gasoline than I was about with the firearms. And when my kids, learn, my first, my daughter, my oldest child learned to drive, I was more worried about her learning to drive the car than I was teaching her or, or letting her use guns or archery or anything else like that. You know, the, the, you have to look at it from a, from a, from a, a wide view. Uh, the, when you hear people talk about confiscation or control, they're not talking about gun control. They're talking about human control. And, and they don't respect the Second Amendment. So if they're willing to destroy the Second Amendment, what else are the parts of the Constitution that are willing to destroy? So last thing, NRA. Yes. yes. NRA makes the, they get their money from people who join for, for their organizations. Yes. Myself, I'm right. a lifetime member. All yes. right? They get their money from us. Right. So if you call them evil, you're calling me evil. Right. Because I'm telling them, I want you to protect these rights that I'm giving you money to protect for. 
Right. You know, right. I, I, I don't know if the American public, if that gets through their heads. Right. No, I, I think it gets lost in the shuffle and translation to use a, a modern uh, uh, saying. It gets lost in translation. Um, you know, the NRA's existence is just to help keep the Second Amendment intact. Yeah. And give you the right to protect yourself. And they, they have these great safety programs, the, the, the school safety pro- initiative that I talked about earlier. They have the uh, Eddie Eagle gun safety program yeah. for children. Yep. These are all good things. Yeah, they um, are. Yeah, I'm a proud member, and, and each one of my family members, as time goes on, they become members also. All right. so. Gary, it's always a pleasure. You too. I appreciate you coming on today. Thank you Enjoy so much. Enjoy yourself at, P- at CPAC. I know there's a lot of people who want to talk to you. You working on anything new as far as the well, book goes? Uh, no, just the second book, Secrets okay. of the Secret Service. Right. And then... Uh, I'm working on a podcast probably in a, in a couple of weeks. Oh, so. fantastic. Yeah. So. I look forward to hearing what you have you to so say. Much. Yep. Thanks so much again. Appreciate you, man. Thank right. you very much. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.